Noiros. Welcome to another week of the year that we're in, 2021, when vocals are being dropped, laid on the on the mic in the studio here at Sludge Manor, at least on my end. What do you call your place, Dan? Uh, you, you should have come up, we're, we just put out, or we're coming out with a new record from you. You yeah. should have come up with a, a name for your home studio, slash phone. I... You know what? I thought about that, and I kept trying to come up with names. For whatever reason, I I just didn't like any of the names I came up with, and I can't remember any of them now. Maybe, like... I would have liked to have been offered the challenge. Maybe, like, Ghost Saloon? That's pretty cool. That's really cool, actually. I liked it even better when I thought about it the second time. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like... I just salute. That's, that's, a, that's very clever. I like yeah. that. You don't cool. hear that often. Okay? So, coming live from the Ghost Saloon, we got my co-host and friend, Dan. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I, I want to first commend you. I really enjoyed your emphatic ahoy hoy on this episode so far. I mean, typically they Thank are you. emphatic, but this one in particular felt very good. You know, I just, for whatever reason, uh, Gentleman Joey here to say hello, uh, get that out of the way. I was just thinking back to like editing the last couple and I was like, you know, I, I could, I, I want, I, I need, I've been lacking on my ahoy hoys a little bit. Not bad, but just the rhythm wasn't what I prefer, so hmm, okay. I think well, I think you guys are in for a good one with with this one that already happened. The one you got, it was great. I agree. I think it was a very good one. Thank you. See, I, I didn't mean it. to toot my I own horn it. there. I was just playing along with the song that you begun playing. Yes. <laughs> All right, off the rails again. How's everything? Good week for you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, just pretty average week. Nothing too exciting. I feel like yesterday was brutal. I could not get it together at all yesterday. Oh, really? Did yeah. Something happened or just general? No, it just just felt like yeah, just weighed down by the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I mean it's you know not to get too topical, but it's been a rough week just in the world. <laughs> so like yeah, uh, everything. You know, so yeah, no, I I definitely feel that, and yeah, I mean nothing nothing really like. I was trying to think of something really good that's exciting. I mean, I will say that you know as I te- I texted you yes, I guess it was yesterday. Um, got a, a, oh, Blu-ray, yes. a Blu-ray announcement of a movie that we've talked about. An- another Conjuring. Yes, uh, of Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Very exciting. Very, very, that, and it's got the work, work, extended work print version, Umbrella. Bet, that that work it. print just had like leaked recently. Like someone had like mm. put it together and it seems like that must have been what got this deal together where someone's like, that's a really good special feature. Yeah. And it's about time that we do this. Let's pursue that license. Yes. And I'm glad That's they great. did. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much like, I mean, Umbrella, typically, they're, they're almost always, from what I have experienced, uh, you know, uh, at least playable Region A, uh, and I think yep. we all are all regions. Yeah, region so, free on those. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to picking that up. I Even though I, here's I, a challenge for the lads, you mm-hmm. and I, for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's get a region free Blu-ray player already, huh? We should. You know, it's going to open up the show a lot wider, but even in general, just a couple of connoisseurs. What are we doing? <laughs> I, I've been, you know what? I've been trying to do, I've been thinking about it for so long and just never did it. I for mean, I bought, years, Dan. Yeah. Like pretty much oh, as soon yeah. as I got into the game, it was like, you know, hey, it'd be nice. Cause I, I remember having a region free DVD player, mm. which was great. So it was like, I, oh, I, yeah. I know the, I know the, the beauty of it. It's time to, to do it. Yeah, it's 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 something that I've talked. I have another buddy of mine, my buddy Joe. That another is a Joe. He uh, is a huge film guy, and we always talk about stuff that's region encoded that we yeah you know, we wish you know a lot of time it's from the UK that yeah. it's just like I wish this was just uh, you know region free because like I would love to have a one in particular is um, I mean Artificial Eye is a big one that typically only does region B, but they they release a lot of really good cool stuff. The movie Missing uh, about the um, it's based on the book. Uh, it's with Jack Lemon, where it's about. Oh, okay. the, I I love that movie. I'm a huge fan, and it's on DVD on Criterion, but they've never reissued it. It's Costa Gavras directed it, but it's on Blu-ray at uh, I think it's Indicator released it, and Indicator sometimes it's I guess based on the licensing. Sometimes it's yeah. region free, and sometimes it's not. And that particular movie is region encoded for region B, and I'm like, oh, I I want it uh, so bad, but uh, yeah. I think of a lot of TV shows I see. Are- mm-hmm. Like they have like there's like an Incredible Hulk, the '70s show. There's a Blu-ray from yeah. the UK, the Avengers, the the TV show from them. Yes. There's some good Blu-rays. Uh, Northern Exposure with the original music oh, as yeah. a Blu-ray. That's you got to get the right region player for. So I think about that stuff a lot, and I I think it's time. I'm putting that challenge upon us. By the time we get to 52, let's have some region-free Blu-ray players. Or we'll share the link of whatever we find, and perhaps we'll get the same model. 
yes, something to be to be discussed. But I will say, or we could just get rid of all these regions and that everything is have just everything be region free or all regions. You think that's easier than uh, just getting a, a Blu-ray player for ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> taking on that that lofty I mean, goal? That's easier, but you know, I'm not one to go for the path of least resistance when it comes to to movies in particular. I guess so. You know, I, I guess for me, it's like I, I just would appreciate. Like, I get it, but I'm also just like, you could just make every movie just available everywhere, and then it would be so much easier for when you're making these movies. <laughs> I mean, especially like a brand like Arrow in particular, where they'll do two, two different, you know, region, you know, versions, like one for U.S. and Canadian markets and one for UK markets. It's like that would at least cut down right there on you know, versions. You know what I mean? Like that would. Yeah, it would just make make sense, I think, all the way around. But that might be who you want to pursue when you start your petition. You know, they might yes. they might be your heavy hitter to really get this thing rolling. Right, it's on like it's like a fundamental level. I'm talking like that's oh, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. I will say, and I, I I only know so much about this. I read it a couple of days ago, and my memory is like a sieve. Mm. But I was seeing that China has been getting into Hong Kong politics. And they just passed the thing where they can like retroactively censor films. So oh, wow. I saw a lot of people saying, hey, buy any Hong Kong imports you need to get now because you're going to lose a lot of good stuff. Wow. I will also extend that same advice to our listeners. If you, yes. If you're a good. fan. Yes. No, I, that's, that's, that's good. You know, it's not good that they're doing that, but it's good that you said it. <laughs> Give a little heads up, yes. you know, because yes. you, know, you always find out after the fact, you're like, oh, man, and then you're spending yes. crazy amounts of dollars and yep. getting into international politics. You don't want that. You just want to sit down and enjoy a flip. Yes. A little tip from the gentleman. Anything else, Dan, before we get into our, our pink horse? No, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm ready to, to, to ride Let's ride the, the lightning, baby. The, the, the pink horse and the lightning. Oh, okay. Yes. Whatever is available to be ridden, we, we will hop on. Yes. So we have Ride the Pink Horse. Oh, man, Dan. You know what? I forgot to get my facts. I usually get the date that it came out, but I did not this time. I can okay. tell you. Well, the, it's 1947 is the year. Yes, but, but was it October 8th? Yes, it was. And, <laughs> and this was uh, produced and distributed by Universal Pictures, mm-hmm. directed by Robert Montgomery, who also stars in it. Screenplay by Ben Hecht and Charles Ladurer based on the novel of the same title by Dorothy B. Hughes, produced by Hitchcock producer, our old friend, Joan Harrison. Love Joan Harrison. Cinematography from Russell Meddy, who also did Touch of Evil, which is going to be a little common thread here in a moment, which seems like we can credit our old friend, Russell. Mm. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Boy, this this was one, huh? What'd you, what'd you... <laughs> this one was interesting. It um, was interesting. I, yeah. I, I can't... Yeah, I, I think that's... as perfect of a review we can really give it yeah i there's things i liked about it um yes and, and we'll get into it yeah but i i will say the one the one uh, again i'll use the word fundamental the one fundamental thing i like about it is the fact that it doesn't take place in a city it's a very unique locale and how it impacts all the characters particularly robert montgomery's character um yes. so the environment is interesting so we're in san pablo which is a small town in new mexico mm-hmm. um the book, it was more like Santa Fe and Albuquerque area, but they changed it to that mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I think they made it to be more of like a border town with Mexico. Okay. I think that was the intent. And there's a fiesta happening. Mm-hmm. An annual fiesta. Yes. So he's there. At a, he comes in and we're in a bus station because he's just arrived by bus. And he gets a key to a locker. He puts something in it. And then he takes the key, gets a little gum from a machine, litters right off the bat. I that was one thing I was just like I was like wow, you piece come of on, shit! Man. Like right yeah. off the bat, we're like okay, so he's a bad guy. We don't like this yeah. guy. Needlessly litters. It, it, like you could feel the trash can nearby. Yeah, it felt <laughs> unnecessary to me. He could have put it in his pocket. He could have done anything with that. Anything. I mean, gum wrappers are fun to play with. You know, you do that little thing where you make a. Yeah. You could shoot at people. You do the yeah. finger one. Yeah, have some fun. Yeah, Especially it was like five back cents. Then. It was five Unreg- cents to get a whole pack. Unregulated foil back then for, yeah, five cent pack. Come on. What a dream. Yeah. But this guy. It says Lucky, something about him. I'll his name that. is Lucky Gagan, but he's never called Lucky in the movie ever. Just Gagan. Or Mr. Gagan. Or, sure, it'll get a little Mr. But beyond that, we have no idea if he's Lucky or if that's his name. The credits told us so right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he sticks this key on there, which was very like, boy, I hope that sticks. That's a <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it, just, it also feels like they're gonna put that so many different places. Like nobody's yeah. ever really looking for the thing that he has that he's using to blackmail this mobster. 
So yeah. Frank Hugo is played by Fred Clark. He also puts it pretty close to the edge, if you notice. Oh, like, it's sticking out. You yeah, can see so like, like the gum and yeah. the key. Yeah, no, it was didn't weird, hide it yeah, very well. He sticks it on the back of a map, just so you know what we're talking about. But yeah, it's it's a weird move. But apparently, this blackmail it involves something to do with the death of his friend Shorty. Mm. Um, and he's got a little blackmail on him, so he's he's going after this monster. This is post-war. Mm-hmm. He was he was in it in the war, I believe, a soldier. This part, yeah, you know, like South Pacific. Yeah, he was yeah. in South Pacific. Yeah, didn't really resonate with me whenever they mentioned it because it just didn't seem to really mean that much overall, other well, than just to connect him to his friend that died. Well, I think the the one thing that I noticed, I guess, thinking about it after the fact, you know, in relative to that, is I mean, a lot of the these these quote unquote post-war you know, film noirs in particular, it's like the disillusionment. Like, like he, towards the end, there were some moments where he said, like, I don't really care about this patriotism or whatnot. Like, he, he yeah. didn't mention some of that. Which, it definitely which, is also like, don't wave your flag at me right. a bunch exactly. of times. It's just always fun to hear and say. Right. Like, the um, war didn't stop for him. It's, it's just a different, it's a different, like, enemy, I guess, in his eyes, is, is going after this mobster. You know, he got It just home. was so casually yeah. dropped that it just didn't seem to really resonate with me mm-hmm. throughout this almost two-hour movie. Um, he also has a forty-five pistol in his luggage, which he puts in his waistband. That's going to come in, into play a couple of times. Because this fiesta is happening, this town is packed to the brim. He's not going to be able to find any hotels nearby, so he sort of just ends up wandering, and he ends up to where the locals are, and there's a merry-go-round, possibly a pink horse. It's black and white. It's tough to tough to tell. Might Take need to point it out. Yeah. <laughs> And here's where we meet Pila. And she's with some other women who are just in town to meet men, basically. Yeah. And Pila, who's played by Wanda Hendricks, and some, some brown face, unfortunately. Add that to the letterbox with Touch of Evil. See, this thing has more things in common than that. Also, yes, to bring it back, the whole beginning is one long tracking shot, which is really mm. cool. Yes. So you're following him from the bus station to this Into hotel this. where he can't yeah. get a room. And makes out. It was very cool. And he, it took a second. You're like, hey, wait a second. I don't think this is bro- like this has been one shot this whole time. It hasn't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't quite realize, but it was fun. But, anyways, he meets Pila and she's like instantly taken with him and obsessed for some reason. I don't know. She just likes the cut of his jib. I, I don't know what. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very, it's very weird. What's the matter with you? Who are you looking at? You I'm talking to. Who are you looking at? She definitely just like kind of latches onto him from the get-go. Makes zero sense whatsoever. I would say that is a failure of script and direction. Be curious to see how that plays out in the novel. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like there's a lot of liberties taken that may not have been for the best. She takes him to the La Fonda Hotel, and mm-hmm. she also gives a, a charm, this little doll, mm-hmm. and which she says, you, you know, protect you from, from death. Mm-hmm. It would be pretty handy to have in a, a film noir like this. And so he heads to the, he's at the hotel and he's able to find out where Frank Hugo is. This is the guy he's looking to blackmail. He's in room 315. So he heads his way up there, takes out the guards, his private secretary. We also have Marjorie Lundeen here. It's played by Andrea King. She's a classy lady. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to find out what the score is. She's asking a lot of pointed questions. She seems to have some motivations herself. I will say you notice early on too that Robert Montgomery's character is just like he's just mean. Like he's, a he's dick. just he, yeah, like throughout the entire movie. I mean even to to Pila to like you know especially most, most people to Pila. Yeah. He calls her a freak. Like yeah. hey, you look like you come from a traveling freak show and then not just human, like, you know, all these all these things he says to her are awful. Awful. But I am not going to lie, Dan. They made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? They were so awful that it was a little funny to me. But yeah. I don't condone that kind of behavior. Yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, obviously you know that, that he was also the director, but you get that sense of, like, the way... I think you even notice it with the way the camera was fixated on him, especially in the beginning with that whole sequence we talked about with the gum. It just feels very just like, he's the guy. You know what I mean? Like, this is about yeah. him. It's like it's like this such this like auteur kind of feel to it, specifically well, he, he, to him. Every time he was directing these movies, there were ones he starred in as well. Like, right. You know, I think if you had him direct anybody else, it wouldn't work as well. It'd be weird, yeah. But I think that it would have also helped him in some way because I think a lot of his shortcomings stem from just he's not... It seems like it's a tough balance for him to, to fully achieve. Yeah. 
there's, there's just not enough of the acting side or the directing side to really elevate it. Yeah. Do, have we done other Robert Montgomery stuff? We haven't, but I believe we will be doing one in the future. Yes, I believe we have a, a lake to visit at yes. some point. There may or may not be a lady in. Which he may have directed as well. Or may yes. Have Yes, yes, which is also a very fascinating movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's really going to be where we can get more into this. But I mean, yes. as far as this one is concerned, we'll compare. But just with this, it, the direction left me flat. I, I, I will also say I'm a little curious why Criterion felt they needed to champion this one. I don't know if I would be that harsh towards it. I, 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 def, I, I can see why they would release it. Like, I, I get it. It's, it's a very, like, idiosyncratic movie like it's a very weird movie and, and i feel like it has some merit as we'll probably get into throughout this but it's, I, it's I, interesting yeah, i, I it's, mean yeah, but i just don't think it, it's I, you think criterion for the most part you're thinking like oh these are like really great movies these really have something and it just really felt like it was more like hey isn't it interesting that like he wrote and directed this and there's some interesting parts in it but it just doesn't seem like it's worth championing as a whole at least on that level you know like feels like it could have been like a kino release or something well, I will say, I mean, hey, I mean, they, if they can release Armageddon, they can, they can release anything. So I, I mean, I, I'm with you. We, we've all seen the design of the Citizen Kane 4K at this yes. point. There's, there's some interesting moves. Them, there's there's a, lot. a lot to take them to task for at, at, at this present point. I, I, I'm just throwing it out there. That's yeah. I, I just, I wasn't, I guess I was a little bored with this movie, but really? I wasn't, I was, but I was like into it. I was watching yeah. it. There was a lot of cool moments. You know, once we get to Thomas Gomez's poncho, like he's delightful. Oh yeah, he was he's nominated great. for an Oscar for this, the first uh, Latino actor to do so. And yeah, I mean, he he is wonderful in this. I yeah. really the the best part. Um, I mean, I like the FBI agent. What's his name? He is good. Uh, he's been in a bunch of movies. Um, oh, Bill Bill Retz, Bill, yeah. played by Art Smith. He's Art Smith, just yes. A good time. Just a real fun southern voice or whatever drawl he's got going on he's he's a good time yeah so actually we're at this play uh, he's at the hotel room the guy is not there what's his name again the bad guy hugo hugo yes weirdly last on the credits list that's why i couldn't find him hugo's not there i keep thinking of victor hugo the the character from uh, and that's how i remember that's how i've been (laughs) remembering it i could have used that before all right that's my that's my word association for you i'm gonna use i'm gonna use that Thank you for the tip, Dan. Sure. So yeah, he pretends to be a bellboy and he finds out that he's not, Hugo's not there, but he'll be there the next day. So he heads out and that's where we meet this FBI agent. And he's like, look, this is where we catch up and we find out the backstory about there might be a little blackmail going on. And he's saying, why don't you give me what you have and we can work together on this. Come on in for Uncle Sam. Right. Uncle Sam gets thrown around a lot. I spotted you at the desk here. Checked on your arrival. That's the whole mystery on my end. Except what you're doing here. Well, I'm tailing Mr. Hugo. I thought you knew that. I don't know anything. I've been watching him for six months. You don't watch him very close, do you? I mean, you think he killed Shorty. I'll leave the thinking to you, Uncle Sam. All right. This is what I think. You're here to square things for Shorty by knocking off Hugo. Right? Come on. Also, you are as dumb as they come. I am, huh? Well, Mr. Hugo's a big man in this part of the world. He's got lots of friends in this state. He's too tough for you. Maybe. Why don't you smart up? Leave him to us. We'll get him. Anything else on your mind? Well, don't rush off. You know, I wouldn't like it a minute if Mr. Hugo got you. Well, you're not a bad fella. Like the rest of the boys, all cussed up because you fought a war for three years and got nothing out of it but a dangle of ribbons. Why don't you let your Uncle Samuel take care of him? How long you been after him? Long time. Too long to let anything happen to it now. Yeah. Would be a shame, wouldn't it? Thanks for the advice, Uncle. Of course, this is where he's like, hey, don't want your flag at me. Maybe. I was a little, I was definitely suspicious because I, I I was wondering if this was going to be like a ruse, you know what I mean? I I I I feel like and he felt that maybe a little bit too, where he was a little bit like suspect of people yes. coming into his life. So I think he was a little bit like was one hundred percent sure, like, and rightfully what, so. Yeah, you should always be suspicious of the FBI. 
Yeah, or just people approach. In this case, for him, it's like people approaching him. He doesn't know if he work. He might work for Hugo and be pretending to be a, a G man. You know, you never know. Yeah. Plus, he's in just this random fiesta. Like, how all these people know who I am? Yeah, I did like That's that it. though. When he when he when he calls him by name when he's walking out of the hotel and he like obviously knows him and he's like, "How do you know me already?" Like, this yeah, is so what the, weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really popular in this town already. Yeah. So he's still looking for a room, and he ends up at uh, Cantina where Pila is. And her friends are there. That's where they're looking for men. And this is where he gets uh, pretty brutal. And she's like, because he's like, oh, yeah, my friends are in there looking for men. He's like, how come uh, you're not in there? And she's like, I don't know how to get a man. And he goes, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, such he's, a dick. Yeah, he he's really such is. a dick. Speaking of him being a dick, uh, he's a super Republican in real life as well, mm. which was fascinating because the producer of this movie, Joan Harrison, they had a partnership for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the opposite, but yeah. they had a respect for each other, and it's nice when we can come together, Dan. Yeah. But fun fact, as far as his uh, republicanism, he actually had a job with Eisenhower, like helping him for TV appearances. Oh, really? Like getting him in the zone, and he actually had an office in the White House during his uh, presidency. Isn't that nuts? Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> That's interesting. So he goes inside and. Everybody just looking at him because he's clearly this white dude in this bar sticking out like a, a sore thumb and uh, he gets himself a whiskey, but it's not whiskey. They just keep giving him tequila. <laughs> 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 he's trying to pay for it with a large bill, but you can't have some change. Things are looking like they're going to go wrong. Poncho comes in and he's like, you know what? Why don't you just give that change and buy us all around of drinks? That'll get us to like you. And he's like, you know what? Let's do it. I'll burn some, I'll burn a hole in my stomach to do it, but God damn it, we're having a good time tonight. Hole in his pocket and a hole in his stomach. Hey, there you go, Dan. I like that. They didn't play tequila, though, the song. Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah. I guess it probably wasn't written by this point. I don't, it probably wasn't. What, do you, what, what year did tequila come out, Dan? What do you think? I'll think look it, it like, up. But... I want to say it was either 58 or 59. That's my I'm going to say... I'm going to say 60, right? 60, 61. Those are my two, right? Okay, you're going you're gonna, to... You're gonna, $51, my 50. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right. It's just called tequila, right? I think so, yeah. By the champs. 58, sir. Well done. I'm usually very good with dates on, on songs. That band has a great name, the champs. Yes. They knew right off the bat that they were going to be champions. You know who also is a good band? Who? The fucking champs. Oh, yeah, I remember that band. Love the fucking champs. Yeah. I have not thought about that band in a long time. Time to put them on right after the podcast. There, there you go. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff in there. Um, Some Drag City Band. Hopefully they'll come out with a new one at some point. Yes. I know the main dude like does recording for people mostly these days. I do do dig Drag City. They uh, they had a good collab before we get back to the show. Sorry to digress. With Trans Am. You like Trans Am at all? I remember them, but I I, I didn't get necessarily... I I didn't necessarily dislike them, but it's been so long since I've listened to them, to be honest. Sounds like your your boy, Gentleman Joey, here needs to send you some choice nugs of of both groups. Yes. Get that thing kicked off right. Yes. So he heads back with Poncho, Gagan does, and this is where the carousel, he, he's the guy who runs the carousel. Mm. He's like, here's my house, and it's not a house, it's just... <laughs> it's like half of a shed <laughs> that's yeah. against the wall. <laughs> There's like one wall, and it's towards yeah. the back, and then it's just held up with like sticks and a tarp. Or... It has an awning, yeah. But good enough for, for Gagan. He's got nowhere else to go, and they've just been wasting and passing gone, out. Yeah. And then Pila shows up, of course, because she's a weirdo stalker woman and she sleeps in the carousel in one of the seats. Well, we find out later, I mean, it jumps out a little bit ahead. And I guess thinking earlier about what we said about Momo, why she liked him or why she was interacting, connecting with him is she said later on, she says later on that she noticed that the look of death on on him. And I guess for whatever reason, she just felt this connection like she just felt some type of link or bond with him for whatever reason, whether it was romantic or not, she just felt yeah. this weird bond with him, but they don't, I don't, it's not like, obviously it's, they don't like beat you over the head with it. But like, as I'm, as we're talking about, as I'm thinking about, I'm like, that's kind of what I'm getting out of it, I guess, if, if anything. I, I, if that's the case, I still, I don't care for that. That's yeah. That's just lazy plotting. I think. <laughs> he tells her like to keep changing her look. Like she's like change yeah. her hair and like, Right. get a what dress like he, he like throws money it's like weird he's so mean to her and like hates her but like has sympathy and yeah. wants to be around her it's it's a very bizarre relationship yes but the fbi agent shows up again we'll call him uncle sam and he's saying like look there's some stuff going down 
And if I can find you, so are these guys. So you might want to handle your business. But he, he doesn't seem to be too worried about it. He's like, yeah, um, good. Now we meet Frank Hugo. And we're also going to add another this movie to another letterbox, Dan. Noirs with hearing aids. I was waiting for us to talk about this, yes. Of course. Too Couple, soon. Yeah. We just released Combo the week of this recorded. Yes. And it was in- and and you get the nice interesting thing with the the phone the upside down phone you know yeah. up to the speaker. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good touch. Yeah, I'll give it that. He's there. He's he's a fun guy, I guess. I don't know. He was like quietly dastardly. You know, I, I feel like con- he was very like low key for like a because you know, this- yeah he'd be like very friendly and then he'd be like yeah. all right let's go stab this guy in the back. Like- yeah, which I mean I guess I appreciate for that. Like I I, I definitely appreciate like the quietly sinister kind of guys where it's like they have this outward facade, but you know, behind it, like they're really pretty awful and evil. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I, oh, I, and I got that vibe from him and you see it throughout. You get, you get a little taste of, of how you know, ruthless he actually is. So he lays out the blackmail more. He lets them know that he has the check number, which is 6431. And they try to figure out what, what they're going to do to meet for a payment. And Gagan's like, I, it's gotta be in public. Let's make sure I can be seen and not show up dead. So they agree on the Tip Top Cafe. Uh, they say cafe in this as well, which was fun. Uh, shout out to Mitchum, Mitchum way of talking. So he's looking for $30,000 for this check, which is what was like a pay offer. Yeah, was he a, was basically really to give, got the point of the check. To give him the, because it was like a canceled check. I guess it, it, it would have incriminated Hugo. So right. he would basically saying, hey, if you give me $30,000, I'll give you this. Check but what what was it, it? What was it about the check that it incriminated? Was it to pay for the murder? It was a cancel check. No, so the the check was originally made out to Shorty, okay. his friend that he killed. Friend, and, yes. and because they had some other, they had he like Shorty worked for him and like double crossed him, and I get and somehow got money out of him, and that was that what that check was for. So the check would have linked potentially the death of or or the killing of Shorty to Hugo. So, okay. some, so the, the, that was like a clue or a link to that murder, I believe. Right. So he was, t- he had, and he had a copy of the check. So he's basically saying, Hey, I'll give you the check back so you can basically like wash your yeah, hands yeah. clean of it. Yeah. I understand all that. I just don't yeah. understand what the check was for. That's all. Okay. Well, that's, that was what I gathered. Okay. Again, I, it's one of, it's one of those like weird, like almost like red herring thing where it's like, doesn't even matter. Important. Yeah. No, I know. But I figured, Hey, a couple of podcasters, if we can get into it, why don't we get into it? Um, we'll get, if we're going to get in the weeds, let's get in the weeds. <laughs> I feel like we're in the weeds now. Let's try to let's try to get through some of this. Yes. Um, Uncle Sam comes and this is where he's like, you know, I know you got the evidence handed over, but Gagan doesn't do it. And he goes to get lunch with Pila, who has now changed her hair. She has these crazy, like upside down sixes, bangs yeah. that are so distracting. Very poofy, very poofy hair. Yes. I mean, she had frizzy hair before and now yeah. it's poofed. It does nothing for for Gagan. He's just still a dick to her. But mm-hmm. they have lunch. They get that crazy fruit cocktail, which looked disgusting and huge. Yeah. Like it, looked, it was more of a dessert too. They like get a salad and some trout. That's get that. And then close with this insane yeah, do, fruit does cocktail. Go with trout. It just feels weird to me. I don't know. I guess so. All around very weird. Yeah. But lunch didn't even seem to matter because Marjorie Lundine comes in and she's like, "I'm trying to get out of this thing with Hugo." Let's try to come together on this and we can get, you're asking for way too little money. Like we can make way more than 30,000. What's on your mind? Frank just told me what you're doing and I rushed right down here hoping to find you. You don't know me. You have no reason to believe anything I say, but you can't lose anything by listening. All right, I'm listening. He's very clever, Frankie. He seemed to it that I have everything except money, but I could get out with money. I know what you're thinking. What's she up to? Why do I even listen to her? You said it, sister. You're such a fool asking for only 30,000. Do you know what he'd ask for in your place? A million and gotten it. If you'll let me do it, I'll get you twice as much and get what I want too. He doesn't seem to be too taken with this plan whatsoever. No. He has a hard time trusting people, which, you know. Especially her. I mean, she's relatively close to to Hugo. So, and, and in what way he doesn't know. So yeah, I would, I would be just like him. I would be pretty wary of her. In retrospect though, do you think she could have trusted her with this plan? Does he, no. it, to me, it felt like she wanted to get out. No. Cause of what happens later on. Fair enough. I don't want to get, we'll, we'll get into it, but. So yeah, he doesn't go with the plan at all. 
and we're back at the bus depot and Gagan gets the check. He grabs his little gum key, which is still there somehow. And he follows the uh, Fiesta back to the Tip Top Cafe. Um, this is where you get that like big, <laughs> you really see the Fiesta, which was really cool. Yeah. And yeah. They had like this like big figure. Zozozo. It's the, that's it. yeah, yeah. It's the, the, like, it was like a God of bad luck that they burn up. I think was mm-hmm. is the is what is what they say. But I will say that by you know a little little sidebar there, uh, Gumkey would also be a good studio name. <laughs> Gumkey <laughs> Studios, said, all right. When you said Gumkey, I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. You know, it's a little less related to the ghostness of it all, too. So that's true. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not foregoing the the ghost saloon. That that okay, still cool. that still stands. Gumkey Saloon, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I definitely I really like the saloon, but I, I'm I'm with you on Gumkey. It can be used we'll for have, something. We'll, we'll have the studio name figured out by the end of the episode, folks. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're at the Tip Top Cafe. He's saying, like, it's hard for me to get this kind of money, so it's going to take a little bit. So already this thing is going off the rails. Marjorie, yeah. she says, hey, Gagan, you want to dance with me? And so they go off to the side so they can be alone. And, and she says, let's, let's head out to this dark alley. And I believe this is where Dan was alluding to. Yes. Uh, that there's no one there, and this is where he gets jumped by these two guys. One of them has a knife. Yes. Gets stabbed in the shoulder. Gagan does, and yeah. But he's able to to take care of it off screen. One of them's just dead, and the other one has a broken arm. Yeah. And, uh, and the and what's his name? Uncle Sam is, is going after, her and she kind of blocks him at the door for a little bit to try to delay him. But yeah, she's definitely she's definitely playing the sides against each other. But I, I think ultimately, I, I think. She's, uh, you know, obviously working in some capacity for Hugo. I mean, obviously those, those two, those two guys. Were but do you think she would have pulled that move if the plan had gone to her what she wanted? You know, like it seems like that was almost like, okay, you're not going to work with me, then fuck you, dude. That's so. true. Yeah, I mean, those dudes work for Hugo, so it's like, I, you know, it's like I, I don't know. You know, it's it's a tough call. I, I, yeah. I don't know how she would have played it, but yeah, something's there. Something else is going on. But yeah, so Uncle Sam gets in there, and the police are searching the area. And uh, they're like checking all the cars because like, there's no way he could have gotten away that fast. He's like bleeding, you know? Yeah. And Pila, of course, pops up because she's, she's around and she finds him in the bushes, and pulls the knife out of him and twists a, up, yeah. a little bit of his, her dress onto him, trying to get it as tight as possible. Didn't seem like she did a good job because he kept asking for tighter. Um, yeah. And so they're able to hobble their way back to Poncho and his little merry-go-round there. He's manning the rides at the time, and we see these guys coming to get them. And so Poncho puts Gagan in one of the seats and Pila, and so they're going around. They're getting close to it, and Poncho's like, you know, hey, guys, free ride. We're going to keep it going a little longer. Don't get off, you know? And uh, the, the guys come up to Poncho and trying to find out where Gagan is, but... They work him over. Poncho's a good guy. He really is looking out for the whole time. You know, you could trust Poncho, I think, is the, the lesson of this story. Well, this it's is just... one of my favorite shots of the, of, of the movie is, is when it has the camera face on the carousel and it's going around. And, and you then see we the see beating. It, yeah, it that comes was back really cool. around. Like, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Is... That was some inspired direction for sure. Yeah. I, will, I will give it that, yeah. So, yeah, he holds his own and, and, and takes the beating. Also, at the same time, like, Gagan's just, like, losing it. He gives Pila the, the check to hide in her shirt. God forbid she has it in pockets. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they go back to the bus station. and They're going to go back to her hometown. That was the plan. Right. She's like, hey, we can go to back. To Mamma Mia. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, two, it's like two hours away. We can get out of here and be safe. And this, yeah. So this is where she, he, he gives her the check at the bus station. She's waiting the bus because like, like, it's not going to leave for a while. And they're trying to find someone to even like take money for bus tickets. The ticket teller was at the, was at the festival. So like no yeah. one was around. Yeah. So he's yeah, just, why wouldn't you bus. be? Yeah. <laughs> it's the fiestas here. Like, what are you doing guys? Well, except that uh, one dude that was like empty in the trash. He didn't want to be there. Apparently <laughs> that's the, the guy that told her where, where everybody was. Apparently he didn't want to go to the festival. He's been there. He's, you know, he's seen enough of these. Been there, done that. Exactly. That, and he's got to take out the trash. You know, imagine all the trash he's about to have to take out. Yeah. Good point. Uh, they get found on this bus, though. You got a bad guy, Locke, who's played by Edward Earl and Lundin as well. And they're going after Gagan, who's passed out. Pila hits him with a bottle, which just breaks instantly. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good hit, I guess. They're able to, to make their way out. Now we're back at the LaFonda Hotel. He's like lost a lot of blood at this point. Yeah, he's he, losing it. Yeah. He forgets that he even get, gave Pila the, the check, it seems. Although I, I couldn't tell if that was a ruse towards the end, because all of a sudden he seemed to remember when they needed it. 
so it's interesting because like you know the the movie almost like it almost hits like a reset button to like yeah. the beginning because it because it, it, it kind of mirrors a lot of of his trajectory in the beginning but it almost takes like an alter, alternate reality like it it, it it exists like he almost like he never met some of these people and he's right. like setting up this whole like thing he just in, got in, off the bus right and, yeah. and 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 i found that fascinating like I, I that's one aspect i really did like it was very bizarre it was bizarre. I, I don't know if I liked it, but it was, it was fine. Um, I mean, the one thing I liked about this movie, what really, I really did enjoy at first is uh, exactly what I didn't like towards the end was it just let certain scenes like breathe out too much. Like at yeah. first I really enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, it's a nice change of pace. But then it was like, you could, you could trim a lot of the fat off of this. For right. Sure. That was, that was my complaint. It, it, it felt a little bit too long. I, yeah. I agree. Like I feel like you could have trimmed off a little bit and it could have been a little bit more taut and it probably would have come across a lot better. Because certain scenes, that. it would have been great to breathe. I love the whole beginning. He's just looking for somewhere to stay so he can yeah. get his blackmail on. Like, that was all really great stuff. But then yes. eventually, you're just, like, in these locations for far too long. But yes. you do what you got to do, I guess. So he's saying he doesn't remember what's going on with this check, like, where it is. And so he gets beaten up. And they also beat up Pila as well. And Uncle Sam comes in, thankfully. He saves the day. He does some hearing. He pulls out the hearing aid from Hugo, like rips the wire. So yep. he couldn't like, <laughs> he was not involved from this point on. Yes. As far as the audible portion goes. And um, he, he gets the check from Gagan. This is where he all of a sudden remembers, hey, I gave it to you back at the bus. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. So, hey, we want it. We saved the day. We're going to get a little breakfast with Uncle Sam and Gagan. But Gagan's, he's a little bummed out. It didn't really seem to work out for him. He didn't get to blackmail anyone successfully. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a bummer for him and nothing seemed to work out, but he made friends. I mean, that's yeah. the journey. What the journey was all about ultimately is just the friends we make along the way. So he goes to say goodbye to Pila and Poncho. Things are well with Poncho. He's like, hey, good to see you, buddy. But when he goes to leave Pila, there's a little bit of a bummer there and he gives back the charm that he got, which kept him alive throughout, you know, clearly. There's a lot of times he should have died, especially with that stabbing he got, all the back, blood he yeah. lost. Yeah. But she, Good luck but they, charm. they kind of make her out to be like, you know, a- after everything that's happened, because she was very like timid in the beginning. And, and, and by the end, she's very like, you know, all the town people are kind of like coming up to her and talking to her. And she's kind of like telling them the she's story about what's the going story on. About how, and like right. how she was like the hero throughout it. Right. You know, like how she's like, oh, I hit the glass. That was kind of cool. Because she was like but... almost like an outcast pretty much in the beginning. And, yeah. and very, very like didn't, people didn't think much of her. And now she's like, it was cool, but that transformation just was not successfully it was, it was, shown it was through the movie. Yeah. It, it was weird, but I, I, it's like I like the touches that were here. It's just we didn't earn them. We didn't got to together. places yeah. that we just like, of course, it felt like we needed to get there, but without a proper roadmap of getting there, like it just yeah. felt really shoehorned in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, I actually expected to be like, okay, I'm going to end up falling asleep and finish the rest of this this morning, but I did make it through in one shot. It's good. You know, it, it kept my attention, and there's a lot of cool stuff you said. Like, the fight on the merry-go-round was really cool. Definitely the, the highlight. The neon signs, like, around the uh, – I'm a big neon sign guy, but sure. it, in the, in, it, outside the, the bus station, I really loved. Yeah. Um, some, some of the – there's certain, like, stills that I really – The one in the bar, enjoyed. I remember, like, there was, yes. like, it said a couple things at the bottom. It said, howdy. And that was yes. cool. Yeah. Really like that. Some uh, yeah, I mean, nice moments. Good set, yes. good set pieces. They say almost say the title line. It's a little off, but that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I, I never will watch this movie again. I I can't really? see that happening. Wow. Yeah, I just I I enjoyed the time watching it, but there's just not enough here for me to hmm. to try again. I'm I'm looking forward to to comparing it against Lady in the Lake, though. Yeah, I like this movie. I didn't love it, so I I feel kind of similar to you. I I maybe like it maybe a little bit more than I think that you liked it, but. I see what you're saying. Uh, I definitely I, hear everything that I, you're saying. I'm definitely not saying I hate it. Like it's it's yeah. a it's a cool little movie. I almost would love to just see someone like remake it, which I I am not often one to say, but it seems like there's a story here. Yeah. I just don't know if it, it was successfully executed. Is all. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if we'll get more into it when we get to Lady in the Lake, but like I don't know if Robert Montgomery should have been more of an actor, more of a director, but definitely being on the fence affects both. We were saying before or neither. <laughs> Or neither, you know, like... <laughs> have, have you, let me, I, I don't remember if we talked, have you seen Lady in the Lake? I have not, no. But I, okay. I'm familiar with it. I know it has some crazy, like, POV stuff because it was very compared to Dark oh, Passage. Yeah. I, 
I believe it's like only POV. If it that's is correct. only yeah. POV from Montgomery's. You only see it through his eyes. Um, so the camera, you see from the camera's point of view. So in that sense, it's almost like he's going full on director. So that will yes. be very interesting to see. It is. It's it's a fascinating watch. But yeah, I just in general, like I, there's nothing about him that won me over. Like I'm not seeking yeah. this guy's performances out. Like there's, I think. It, you know, almost if you recast that role, it would have been very yeah. interesting to see who could have done something with it. Because, like I said, there's stuff here. It just did not ultimately come together for me. Hypothetically, if, if Mitchum was in that role, you think you think it, it, it would work? I honestly think yes. Mitchum, I mean, beyond the fact that I'm mostly going to say that yes. <laughs> nine times out of ten, I actually do think Mitchum would do a really, really good job with this. I, I agree. I think I think you probably would have gotten more of, like, the desperation, like, if he was portraying like that drunken like desperation kind of emotion, yeah. I feel like oh, totally. you probably would have felt that more through Mitchum maybe to say than than Montgomery. Like I didn't feel just I didn't really any feel kind of emotion. Much. Like yeah. he was just very emotionless. That kind of thing works in like a blast of silence or something like that. Right. But like in this particular tale, it just didn't seem like this guy's impassioned enough about his friend that he's willing to go in for blackmail. Yet mm. this guy does not display any passion whatsoever throughout his performance. Yeah. Just the plot and the performance were working against each other, unfortunately. Hmm. I will say that I, I would watch this again. I would watch this again. I, I, I maybe not for a while, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah, definitely not. I didn't like, mind one, it. Yeah, I, it just maybe I'll flip through it on TV and be like, "Ooh, that carousel part's coming up." You know, like yeah. that. Definitely that. But I just yeah, I can't see myself taking the time to start this movie again. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta imagine whatever. I would want from this, I could find in so many more movies. And Since we talk time. about it a lot, what do you think of the, uh, the artwork for the, the Criterion Blu-ray? Do you, do you like it? It's, no, I don't, but it's, it's not offensive like most of these are these days when I don't like them. The color it's, pal- palette is, is, is weird. I, 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 yeah. In a way, I kind of like it. I, it's I, interesting. I, yeah. I, I think it's a worthy swing, you know? I, both in movie and design, I say it, it was worth trying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at it, yeah. but uh, just if you're coming up to 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 my house, though, just unfortunately we we expect a different type of clientele. That's all. I gotcha. But I, I'm sure Dorothy B. Hughes, like I bet this was a really cool book that she wrote. She also wrote In a Lonely Place, which was adapted. Yes, with some old friends of ours. We'll get to. I think she seems very interesting. It seemed like also like the like the Native American aspects of it were more prevalent in the book than they were in this. Mm-hmm. But it was remade a couple of times. There was a radio adaption in 1947 and you could actually hear yep. Montgomery and Hendricks on it. And then they also did a bit for a TV series that Robert Montgomery presented called Robert Montgomery Presents. And then there was a TV movie of it called The Hangman from 1964, directed by old Don Siegel. I also mentioned that the 47 Lux Radio Theater adaptation is a bonus feature on the Criterion. So you can actually oh, listen cool. to the, the radio adaptation, which is pretty cool. I, I think it's neat. Also available on the Internet Archive if you're just mm-hmm. looking to save your bucks. Because, again, I don't know if I could recommend buying this movie. You know what? A lot of libraries have Criterion. So, you know, you can get it sure. that way and check out the special features. Yeah. Uh, this one might even be on Canopy because they do have a lot of Criterion, too. It's possible. I didn't look. I didn't see it when I was looking for streaming options. but Okay. At the moment, uh, was not and on their app impossible. as well. It it truly is. You've, as we've demonstrated on this show, time and time again. Yes. Uh, the carousel. The whole reason we're here, Dan. The goddamn pink horse we're going to be riding is Tio Vivo Carousel. It was built in 1882 in Taos, New Mexico, and they actually it was purchased for or rented really for the production from Universal, and they had taken it apart and then shipped it to the set to put back together for the month of shooting. Wow. And as far as the fiesta goes, where they're burning uh, Zozo Bora, also, which translates to old man gloom. Uh, they still do that. It's in every September, mm-hmm. early September. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, they may have celebrated the next fiesta. So that's cool. I find it interesting that it's called in the movie, it's called Tio Viva, which yes. literally like, it basically translates to like a live uncle or like, <laughs> like, cause I mean, uh, yeah. Vivo means like, alive and Tio's uncle so wow uh it's a very weird weird name for a carousel but that, that could be a good studio name alive uncle alive uncle <laughs> <laughs> could be we got three options maybe the maybe the listeners are gonna vote on this one day or trace <laughs> trace violetas i like three violets the name of the cantina nah, like, i don't know that might that's, be a nice, too- that's a nice name sure 
right. We can put that on the list as well. It was a nice name for a cantina, I'll say that much. It's very, very pleasant Absol- sounding. Absolutely, yeah. yes. If you're opening a cantina, Dan, please put that first on the list. Three violets. <laughs> uh, as far as Wanda Hendricks go, she made her way to Hollywood and pretty much got a career right off the bat. But in 1946, she made the mistake of meeting and falling in love with Audie Murphy, who's a war hero turned actor. He unfortunately was going through some post-traumatic stress at the time, and he would uh, wake up and put a gun to her head at times. So wow! Eventually, she was able to get out of that. And in later years, actually, she actually had sympathy for his condition, understood the the PTSD of it all, but just mm-hmm. unfortunately had to take a fucking gun to the head a couple times. Yeah. But she was able to find peace later on with Robert Stack's wealthy brother, actually. Oh, do you like know. Robert Stack? Do like Robert Stack, so maybe that Stack family is is a is a good one to go with. If they're noticed- if they're all wealthy, that means they got stacks, huh? Yeah, maybe. Stacks got stacks. Stacks got stacks. I noticed that when I was I was looking up stuff about her. Uh, I noticed that she's in a uh, it's a later era noir, which could still be covered within our 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 self imposed limit of 1965. There's 1963's Johnny Cool. That sounds great. I mean, yeah, I, I, th- I would like to explore more 60s. We need to push that barrier a little more and show. I mean, we have some coming up. Well, when I mentioned that the cast includes Henry Silva, Telly Savalas, Jim Backus, and Sammy Davis Jr. sings sings a theme song. Sold America. I was going to say, like, what what else more do you need to, to be sold on? I think it'll be put to the list. Yes, that I, I noticed. That. I was like, oh, this seems interesting. I, I, I'd be interested in this. As far as the carousel go, it auction, they caught, they paid two thousand dollars to borrow it at the time. You can make of that what you will with today's money. Speaking of which, the 30000 that Gagan wanted is about $360,000 in present day. So quite a bit. Yeah. Also, one more fact about Robert Montgomery. This was his first film with Universal after he left MGM because mm-hmm. they were like, you know, <laughs> that's cool. You want to direct and star in these movies, but we don't see it. Even though, even though Lady in the Lake was a, a bit of a success, it still didn't convince them. And I might agree with them, on, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be convinced by it. I, I can see that. But I, I think it'll be at least a lot more fun than this one. Something like uh, that is, is asking for hijinks. Like, I, I don't even, it may not be fun that they were intending on, but we'll see. We'll get there. That's yeah. enough out of you, Dan, about this. I won't, uh, I won't say anymore. Won't say anymore. <laughs> and we'll end with the La Fonda Hotel. It's still around today and uh, is a famous landmark. Built in 1920 in a Pueblo revival style. Cool. One of these days so, we'll, have do, we'll have to do like some trips and visit some absolutely. sites. I mean, D- Dark Passage obviously is on the top of the list for me. I mean, we could bang out a lot of in San Francisco, I That's think. True. And, That's uh, true. Yeah, it'd be fun to hit New Mexico. It seems like a lot of these take place there. Yeah. Enough of them where it's Arizona like, too. I would definitely say like New Mexico is like the second noir city <laughs> of the top noir cities. I don't know. You just see a lot of these desert ones and they're fun. Yeah. I, maybe not specifically New Mexico, but that area. Yes, Southwest. Has a wide berth, you know. Yeah, sure. Up Southwest. We're a compass over here, Dan. Uh, so, yeah, don't ride the pink horse to ride the pink horse, but, you know, take a walk. Yeah. Get some exercise. Nothing wrong with that. Or maybe a quick ride. Maybe it's a quick ride on, on the pink horse. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just put in a, a nickel's worth and, and head on out. Yep. So get your gum, litter, and yep. that's You're on your way. You're on your way indeed, sir. And while you're walking, why not head on to our next movie? Take a turn on 99 River Street from 1953. With my dude, John Payne. Oh! You are on one of the worst waterfronts in the world. It reeks of iniquity. And yet on this street where sin walks arm in arm with sudden death, a woman of great courage uses her sex as a weapon to save a man's life. We could have fun. Not tonight. Honey, you don't know what you're missing. I said, not tonight. Spill, punk, or I'll splash your brains out. What about the girl? What's her name? Girl? I said girl!
to go down these steps is to go to perdition. You lied to me. Why did you have to kill him? To pass through this door is to face the unspeakable terrors of 99 River Street. He'll be at the Harbor Light Cafe in Jersey City for one hour. We'll drive over there and take care of him permanently. To ride in this car is to go with John Payne, Evelyn Keyes, Brad Dexter, Peggy Castle, to the place that is evil beyond all imagining. I'm looking forward to this one. This is a Kino Blu-ray for those mm -hmm. who need to figure out where you're going to order from. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this one? I think you said you had, right? I have. Yes, I do yeah. have the Blu-ray. I have seen it. It's been a while, so I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I remember... I was going to say very little from this movie. Yes. I remember bits and pieces of it, but I remember... I mean, I, I like John Payne, so I, if nothing else. And the, and the director, I, I, like, I like his stuff, too, so... Well, sometimes it takes two, you find new things. I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to say about our little street on the river. I tell you, if this rain keeps up, I'm about to be on a 99 River Street. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Watch this come out during, like, the driest time ever. I was going to say, you, you, I, I avoided the, the weather ban. and and I only and, saw the title of the movie, sir, which is why I felt <laughs> compelled to, to continue. But all right, that's all enough right. out of me. That's enough out of you. Let's shut this show down, huh? If you, if you guys want to get in touch, you've been wonderful, leaving us some comments. We've been getting some nice emails lately. Thanks for being out there. Thanks for being a part of the team. <laughs> Ones that say, give up, please stop. <laughs> Think, <laughs> things of those things. Usually, usually one, one, uh, one sentence emails that we're getting. Why, why are you infecting my ears with this why nonsense? This? Yes, <laughs> please, <laughs> please stop. I used to love the film noir. I no longer do. Yes. Mission accomplished, I say, Dan. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and send us an email with mission accomplished in the subject line, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll know what you mean. We'll know exactly what you mean. We'll be like, all right, that's another one on the list for please stop. Or check us out on social media, uh, out of the cast on Twitter. I'm going to try to start doing that again, Dan. Let's see if uh, I kept up with this promise by the time this comes out. I'll hold you to it. Uh-oh. My feet are to the fire. Yep. All right, as long as we get a couple of region-free Blu-ray players out of it by the end. <laughs> uh, out of the podcast on Instagram, you know, look around, subscribe on your Spotify's, Apple Podcasts, leave a review, maybe a rating. You could, <laughs> you could put that subject line as your review if you need to. Uh, we'll let you choose the amount of stars. Thank you so much for joining us, though. Seriously, we appreciate it. And, yes, uh, definitely. Make sure you... You, you stay hydrated. You got your drinks ready when you're here to, to lift them up and say to your, your friend beside you, is the crime. Is the crime. Ready?